Thanks for listening to the Sciatica podcast. This week's podcast is a Sciatica story with Drew Jordan. Drew got Sciatica about one year ago. He was on holiday and tried surfing for the first time, which seems to have triggered it. And he spent a long time sitting, which seemed to have made it worse. After one or two false starts and misdiagnoses, he found out what was causing the pain, found a physical therapist who helped him a lot, and started making progress with his pain. He recently made a video on YouTube explaining his approach and what worked for him called Sciatica Survival Guide. His video is linked in the show notes for this podcast, along with Drew's Sciatica playlist of his favourite exercise videos. Drew has an incredible systematic, reflective and big picture approach to getting on top of his pain. His video, and I hope this podcast, will be helpful to clinicians and people with pain alike. I think it will be particularly useful for anyone who's trying to work out their personal pain triggers and how to manage them. I hope you enjoy our conversation. Um, and yeah, I just discovered, like I've been um, a physical therapist not that long, just like two mm-hmm. years now. Um, yeah. But I've always been really interested in sciatica, and um, I used Reddit for other stuff, but it never occurred to me to just search Reddit for sciatica until <laughs> like a few weeks ago. Yeah. And um, it's a good community; like you get to see what people really want to know and what they really worry about. Um, yeah, because I think sometimes when people come and see a PT, they say what they think they're supposed to say. And we say what we think we're supposed to say, but often it's not like a totally out, yeah, out of conversation. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really interesting. Cause I remember when I first looked up sciatica, the subreddit came up before any other thing, I think, or maybe even not. But um, the interesting thing is like, there's a lot of people on there that um, are in the worst possible shape. Mm. And then once you heal, like when you get to my level, people just stop using it cause they have no need to. Yeah. So I think, yeah. I was scared early on. I saw all these horror stories and um, that's why I wanted to especially contribute. Cause I just felt like there was yeah, just yeah. so much like negativity <laughs> and all this surgery stuff, which to me as a 20 something year old, I was like, I don't want to have back yeah, surgery, yeah. but that was like so many people on there talking about. Is that like the first place you went then? Like, well I did. And then that initial um, sports doctor orthopedic mm-hmm. uh, just was like, I don't know. I, I don't know. Cause you, you call it like ridiculous pain. Yeah. Or... It's like, I don't worry too much about like the proper words. And I know you, you mentioned one of your doctors kind of corrected you yeah. <laughs> about that. Um, they all kind of basically mean the same thing, but yeah. except ridiculous pain is really hard to say. Uh, <laughs> and sciatica is really easy to say. So I just go with sciatica sometimes. Yeah. I've never heard of it. Interestingly enough, this uh-huh. year into it before uh, like seeing your podcast and I love what you're doing, by the way. I think it's um, like I've read Back Mechanics and I checked out your resources just now. I might check out one of those books. Mm-hmm. But um, I love the fact that you're trying to compile, uh, I guess, like just everything, every kind of um, person as far as like people like me and people that are more academic. Because um, I don't know. I just wish there's more prevention because I mean, I've just I've you know, been into video games and like I've gone to concerts and been in mosh pits and um <laughs> like I'm huge I'm like six foot four so yeah. any car or any you know I've just had bad posture my whole life and I feel like if there was some kind of prevention or more uh-huh, of that uh-huh. 
Yeah, that would have helped. Yeah, uh, you mentioned that that idea. I think right at the beginning of your video, um, I think you called it like spinal hygiene. Um, yeah, yeah, which is a tough one. Like that for for me, um, like from my point of view, um, I think when you're a PT, like you want to give people advice, you want to tell people do this, do that. Like everyone yeah. should like do certain exercises or take on certain postures, but you also don't want to like freak people out too much. Yeah. Um, like, and make sure that you don't want everyone like sitting up, like ramrod yeah. straight, like 24 hours a day, like panicking. So there's like that yeah. tough balance of, of kind of oh. what to do. And I think you'd like, you hit it so well in your video. Cause like you were given all this really specific advice, which is what people want, but you were yeah. also like, but you need to try this yourself. Like try mm. these exercises and take what works for you. Um, yeah, that's the um, thing. from the yoga videos and, and so on. Um, but like, I got such a, a kick out of your like video just because even like, just irrespective of the subject matter, I just like it when people put long videos on YouTube of stuff mm -hmm. they're a little bit kind of just into and obsessive about and kind of explaining their point of view and helping other people. And I just like really like the way you put it together and like yeah. your perspective. So thank you. Uh, thanks for doing it. That's what I was hesitant about was the length because actually it's so funny and I love that you're doing a book again, but I think it's really interesting that like I set it up like a book in my head where I was like, well, you know, with like back mechanics, you can read that and there's like a chapter on sciatica. You don't have to read it all. So mm -hmm. same thing with, I know YouTube just added the little annotation things or the little timestamps. So I tried to make it set up like that where people didn't like have to go through my 30 minute <laughs> story. <laughs> they didn't want to. Yeah. Um, but anyway, we, as I say, thanks for making it. And mm -hmm. um, uh, I hope you don't mind. Well, I'm assuming you don't because you have agreed to talk to me. I hope you don't mind someone kind of randomly contacting you on Reddit. No, um, not at all. And uh, I just thought, like, I don't know if there's anything in particular you want to get out of the conversation. Um, but for me, I always just say to people, let's have the kind of conversation we would if we met in real life. Like, yeah. it's not... Um, supposed to be uh too didactic or like lectury or teaching it's yeah. just like a chat and like see what happens yeah totally. um i'm sorry you're like a foot higher than i am on my <laughs> webcam like i just moved to a new place and my desk is currently like two bookshelves so oh yeah no uh, I, again it's the posture thing <laughs> Every, it's so annoying like i have my friends like get on me for like no sugar and uh mm -hmm. posture and like there's all these things that I keep like trying to preach and, you know, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I don't want to be yeah. too annoying. <laughs> and, but that's like, um, we could get straight in there with the, the posture. Couldn't, although, sorry, I, I didn't give you a second to answer. Like, is there anything in particular that, that you'd want to get out of a conversation or just see what happens? Yeah. I mean, I just personally, I just love even, uh, like my physical therapy went from October to end of December and, uh, my physical therapist I felt was, there's a lot of like the whole holistic wellness. Like, I guess that's like a, I don't want to say it's an LA thing, but um, I feel like she was good at just talking about anything pain related. And I started going through your um, pain when you did like on your own last week. Mm -hmm. And that was really interesting. I had to like stop it. Cause I was like, I, it's something you have to focus on. Like some podcasts you can just throw on and then others yeah. are like, um, which I love those kinds of things. But yeah. So I guess I just like talking about the whole, every aspect of it. And I just like learning. So yeah. And are you in LA? Sorry, 
no, 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 not at all. I'm on the East Coast. So I was just saying um, holistic health and like holistic medicine. That's like a new age, I guess, kind of thing. Yeah. I never quite know what that word means, holistic, but it usually means something good. So it's fine by me. Yeah. Uh, Where are you now, by the way? I'm in uh, near Philadelphia. Near Philadelphia. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm in Houston. Nice. Uh, Yeah. We just got here. Um, Cool. So why don't we like start then with your PT? Because... Obviously, my ears perked up when you said that your PT was, I can't remember what word you used, like wonderful or fantastic or something. Um, And then maybe we can circle back and touch on one or two of the experiences you had, which like not to criticize anyone, but weren't quite as good. Yeah. You said that your your experience with PT was really good. Um, Yeah. Do you you mind like telling us a bit about that? Yeah. Well, it was, I guess the bad uh, situations were also on me since I was moving uh, within a month after getting injured. So I, I got this like random doctor who didn't help me too much. And then I had one week to see a therapist and, um, the doctor had said I had tendinitis, which I mean, to their knowledge, it was all my hip at that point and glute. So it was kind of a weird thing. Um, but I was like icing the wrong areas and doing the wrong uh, recovery. And then the physical therapist, I guess, I don't know, but, um, I got some decent exercises and stretches and there was some instant relief, but nothing permanent. And then I had to move in a few days. Mm. Um, but I got like, I think the figure four and like the cactus stretch and mm-hmm. like um, some core stuff, which is kind yeah. of actually similar. But um, once I had moved, I gave it a week to see if I was any better. And then I finally got diagnosed and um, that sports doctor orthopedic recommended a physical therapy that they approved of. And they were like really, um, you know, they really liked. And that one ended up kind of changing everything since I was telling you earlier, she kind of um, was a little more holistic and not just like, here's some stretches you can do, but like, you know, really analyzing my pain. And um, I don't know, I could, I feel like I could kind of bring her, <laughs> some doctors I, or even health practitioners can be kind of, uh, I don't know, my mom used to be a nurse and my girlfriend and stuff. So they're always like, oh, don't like, YouTube or don't like bring up the internet research, but I'm just like an open book. So like I would go to Reddit and go to YouTube and I could bring her anything. And she was like, she told me about, I don't know if you see Bob and Brad on YouTube, they do like hunt, not hundreds. They do like far too many videos on, Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. on back pain and sciatica. But um, yeah, we would just like open book, anything, you know, diet and posture. I'd be like, Hey, can you watch me walk? Like, I feel like I'm walking like a a madman. And I was, (laughs) my gait was all off. And I was like, I don't know. I had to learn how to like stand straight as I'm six, four. So I always kind of hunch down and like, I never like to appear. I don't know. Like I always have to look down to talk to somebody. Yeah. Look yeah. In the eye. yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, just even the massages obviously were amazing. And like, um, she just gave me like, she kept giving me exercises cause you know, I was 22, 23, fairly healthy. So she knew I could like do all sorts of more advanced things. So mm. I don't know. I feel like I actually started to sweat and get sore into like November, which at that point was the best feeling in the world. Cause I had like, not that I'm like a huge person to working out, but it felt so good to be able to move. Yeah. yeah. Cause I would just look outside and pe- see people like walking. Yeah. And I would just like be so envious and like, it got depressing where I'm like, man, I just want to walk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like the simplest thing, enjoy the outdoors. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah. And that was in, you said November. Um, but your, uh symptoms started in the summer right yeah so i got i started going to that therapist right at the start of october end of september um and it happened right around right before the fourth of july so like end of june 
start of July. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so it'd been going on a few months until you kind of met this physio and, you know, not to give, sorry, was it a female physio? Yeah. Not to give her all the credit. Uh, Cause obviously it's a lot of work for you, for mm-hmm. you, but um, you, you met her and maybe things started to move a bit quicker or a bit more yeah. in the right direction. And it sounds like you had like a relationship where you felt like you could say anything you wanted, mm-hmm. like any question, um, no such thing as a stupid question, you know? Oh yeah. that kind of um, And is that like, did you kind of bring that to the table or cause sometimes like, um, when I see patients, it's like they feel, I can tell they feel like, um, not intimidated by the occasion, but yeah. they, 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 they don't want to like take up too much of my time or they don't want to ask something they might think is stupid. Is there anything like she did to set you at ease or to make you feel like you could just open up with her? Um, a few things that come to mind was she, she was the kind of person to <laughs> not like ridicule people, but she definitely <laughs> had fun with her patients. Yeah. And I even talked, uh, I think on my discharge or my last day with her, it was emotional. I think she cried and like mm-hmm. she talked about it being hard when she wants people to improve, but she sees them not taking the steps they should. And I think she was invested in her clients and patients lives and mm-hmm. gave them a lot of extra time. And like, um, yeah, I don't know something. I don't know. I just felt comfortable, I guess. Like, cause yeah, I get so like, I have, um, white coat syndrome, you know, <laughs> I don't know if that's like colloquial. Like I get so nervous whenever there's like some kind of medical person and I, they always oh, okay. think I have a oh, heart rate problem. Syndrome, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they always think I have some kind of like heart issue because it beats so fast. I, <laughs> I I definitely have some kind of social anxiety with especially yeah. strangers, people I don't know. Um, but yeah, like she definitely felt me, made me feel comfortable and gave me the time because I feel like every doctor I had would come in in like five minutes, just spit yeah. out all this information and be yeah. a little more cold, which it was helpful to at least know but you know. Yeah. So she kind of set you at ease just by being herself and caring. Is that fair to say? Yeah. Uh, just giving a shit type of thing. Yeah. And yeah. But before, and again, like I, I'm not out to kind of set, set, say you're a good therapist, bad therapist, bad doctor, anything like that. Like yeah. I've made tons of mistakes, but um, you, you said initially someone said it was tendonitis, which is like a, like a bit vague. I don't quite know what that means. And, um took took a while someone said on your in your video you mentioned you kind of brought up sciatica and one of your doctors said that that's not accurate or not the right term Mm -hmm. um how did you take that yeah he said it was um again it was so quick it was kind of like a Mm. two-minute appointment after you know the nurse comes in and checks your vitals and whatever and uh yeah he had kind of like he did a few little tests like, Hey, look down, do the symptoms get worse, bend over. And it was these obvious things. Like, do you feel any numbness when I, are you weaker in this leg? And that quickly, he knew that it was um, from a back injury. Mm. And, and that's so true. Like there can be all sorts of disc issues. There can be other things that get the nerve uh, messed up. They can, and, and that was the weirdest thing for me. I've never heard of like, and even, I guess even now, like, I don't understand and not understand, <laughs> but like, <laughs> it's like a pain psychology yeah. of like, there's neurons firing, giving me a signal uh-huh. in my like foot or leg or glute, but it's all in my, in these two little discs in my lumbar. So, yeah. but he just was trying to refer me to a back specialist and I basically didn't have enough time to pursue it. So I went to physical therapy and had a few, I just was like, Hey, give me all the exercises, you know? <laughs> and I wish again, I had like thought it through, but I guess him 
shrugging off the term sciatica made me yeah. not even look into the Reddit and to other stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But. Yeah. That's interesting. Cause like I get where he's coming from. Like I could have probably imagined myself saying that as like an offhand comment. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, technically, you know, it's not called yeah. sciatica, you know, yeah. and I can probably picture myself doing that. But from your point of view back then, that's, you need a lot more context to understand like what he's trying to communicate. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah. You need to slow right down and, and try and understand what's going on there. Yeah. And with him and even my other sports doctor who is a lot better, but still kind of, mm-hmm. I mean, I, th- I mean, doctors, like I feel so bad for them. They have all this, like all the write-ups and the insurance and they're double overbooked. But um, I-, I felt like I couldn't even ask them a question. They were just so busy. And I'm, I'm a very like compassionate, like I always like don't want to hold somebody up or like trouble somebody almost too much like I should be more selfish but with my therapist I had like five questions I'd write down on my phone like every mm-hmm. every uh, week and bring to her and um, I, gu- I guess that's what's I mean obviously they want you to do therapy but I feel like a lot of people don't or if they have a bad experience they wouldn't try to get another one or something too so I mean that's the best advice because um, yeah it just it helps me the most at least to have somebody that's like watching you do these exercises and stuff but yeah and the way the conversation's gone, I've brought that up like straight away just because you mentioned it, but it's, I don't want to paint the story of like the heroic therapist comes and saves yeah. you. Cause like, as is evident from watching your video, which, you know, I'll put like at the beginning of the podcast, we've jumped straight in, but I'll put a couple of minutes to kind of explaining your video and your story. Mm-hmm. But as is evident from watching, you have um, done a huge amount of work yourself to understand what's going on and also to understand how best to fix it for you um and it seems like uh you know there's a lot of research um different sources research from all sorts of different places but also like your own trial and error kind of experiments and stuff yeah like at one one point you mentioned like you slept in a different place or position for like <laughs> 30 nights in a row or something <laughs> I was like incredible dedication. Like I just, lo- I love it. Um, but it was, it was kind of, yeah, a really admirable sort of approach to problem solving. That's what was fun, was fantastic. Um, what, what were some of the things like, um, we can, we can pick up, pick up on them as we go along, but what were some of the really like, what was like the real keystones that you found that, Oh, if I hadn't found that I'd be in big trouble or if I hadn't worked that out, yeah, the weirdest thing for me, well, I guess there's two things that go into this. So the first one is walking, and there was a point that kind of connects to my other point, but I guess I'll just go for it. The other point is um, building up your core muscles and abs and side muscles. Um, but with the walking thing, in the summer initially, I could barely stand. I remember I had just started my new first job out of college, and I was like moving to a new city and like, let's meet everybody. And you know, there's like happy hour events or work socials and going to those, it was like excruciating to be able to, even there was like a building tour and I could barely get through that. I was like mm-hmm. trying to sit down, but you know, it was like a guided standing tour. Like people weren't just sitting. Um, and I don't know, it was so weird because sitting was my only relief. Mm-hmm. And nowadays, like I can do this kind of sitting for this kind of thing, but sitting for me is the biggest thing I avoid, even like driving in my car. So once I had gotten a little bit less aggravation because my therapist explained it to me as a hose kind of that's like 
kinked and it can't go super far without like because it's so aggravated it's like yeah because she couldn't like my foot could literally go probably five to ten degrees if i was laying down which was insane and i've that's my biggest like measurement or like physical tangible kind of improvement i've had but anyway i think that's part of what it was was just like warming me up but once i started walking i could just track the progress month by Mm -hmm. month or even week by week so yeah, starting to walk was huge. And there was a point when I was rethinking about surgery in April, and that was my second like lowest point. Um, I think my lowest point was in like August, originally, like a year ago. And I was just like, so overwhelmed with what was going on. I had no idea I was about to move. And I was just depressed that I couldn't walk or like do anything. But then the second lowest point was like, I've put in all this work I've devoted, like you said, like even the most ridiculous things like sleeping and, um, you know, working and (laughs) brushing my teeth and putting on socks, like worked at all these things. And yeah, there's progress, but I always explained it. It was like over time, like over the six months, it was like moderately linear, Mm -hmm. but week, if you break it down, it's like the most drastic changes day to day. Mm -hmm. And, um, I heard you were talking with the triathlon, um, trainer uh, or trainer and somebody who does travel and uh she was saying how as a therapist she could analyze what each thing was from and i've gotten to the point where i can but i wish early on i had like taken it slower to okay am i sore was this stretch not good for me should i have walked less but i was just trying everything and devoting a Mm -hmm. lot of time to it which is good but i was i'm a very hasty (laughs) person so um so yeah, walking and then in that like down period, I kind of cut everything and just did a walking regimen. And I think that got me pretty far. But I also saw my core muscles finally build because, you know, once your my leg muscles were shot, my hip muscles were shot. Because um, after a few months of not using and not walking, you have to like that you start from zero. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think after a few months, I actually was able to build up and get some core muscles, which I think then exponentially gave me some something Mm, to work with mm. and if we just go back to the walking for a second did that like feel because a a few months until you kind of really started walking did that feel great straight away like oh i love walking this is fantastic (laughs) or did you have to push through something some sort of resistance like your body didn't like it yeah i think i definitely had to walk through the pain as I, i i saw somebody say once and i don't know it's like you need to walk with good posture which is it was impossible early on because I was kind of, I think I had, I would walk hunched over because I don't know. I don't know early on. Cause I was saying sitting was relief and like hunching over. Mm. So I, I don't know. I've heard other people describe it that way too. Early on is when you're like really inflamed and like mm. really early on or if it's, I think honestly, I'm not sure if mine was herniated or bulged. I'm almost a hundred, not hundred percent, but I'm pretty sure it was just a bulging disc, mm-hmm. which um, is a little bit less severe than like, it herniating all the way out mm-hmm. or I guess a slip disc is similar to that, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, but either way, there's a lot of inflammation and I think that um, it can really hurt to kind of stand up and, but it should also take, you know, um, the nerve farther away from the inflammation. I don't know. Either way, it was really, yeah. really, really hard at first and it made me not want to walk at all. Yeah. But then I think, Actually, this is something I wish I mentioned in the video. I think I did briefly. Blood flow, I've noticed, is like Uh the biggest healing thing or like, I don't know if it recovers long term, but like I did this like strength strength yoga, which um, I have a little playlist for all the things that I've 
mm-hmm. found noteworthy. It's only like 10 videos that I think are like approved, like gold star. These won't hurt you. <laughs> um, also not gospel, but for me, they didn't hurt me. But Celeste, um, yoga with Celeste, and she has yeah. like a whole five video series on Zydeca. And um, I just had so much like sweat and like, I feel like my blood was pumping, but I had no yeah. pain doing yeah. that even last night. So Yeah, that's interesting. So you, and it fits as well with something I've been wondering about and I talked to one or two of my colleagues about is like from a biological point of view, like one of the reasons as you say that the nerve hurts is because it's inflamed. Like, as you mentioned in your video, Mm -hmm. the disc material is probably inflammatory to the nerve itself, but also um, in some cases it's, it's probably that the nerve is also ischemic. So it doesn't have enough blood supply to it. Mm. Um, And that we don't know, like I don't have MRI vision, like, but that's probably a a lot of it for some people. Mm -hmm. And so from that point of view of the, if, because of the disc, the nerve doesn't have the right blood supply. Anything we can do to get the blood flowing, it makes sense that that would make the nerve feel better. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's not like any scientific proof for that. It just kind of makes right. sense. So it's interesting to hear yeah. like your subjective experience that that kind of works for you. Um, so you felt felt like after a good yoga workout, your your pain was decreased. And that was barely yoga. Like it's more just core strength mm-hmm. building. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that um, soaking in a bath with like Epsom salts, but I think that heat and heating pads too, because mm-hmm. again, blood flow, because I would, I would do icing for a while, but I wish I regret doing all that. Like I wish I had gotten a heating pad back in July, but it took me yeah. like until December. Yeah. And um, yeah, I, dialing back real quick, I, you said something about um, asking any questions to my therapist and it almost was like we were not equals, but we, she had to learn a lot. Like she's had a few sciatica patients, but none so young as me. Mm-hmm. So I think we just it inspired her to really learn a lot in research and she brought a lot to me and I'd bring stuff to her and we'd like yeah, yeah. hash it out and I'd be like, Hey, I saw this stretch. Do you approve or like what you change anything? <laughs> so that was an awesome relationship too. Yeah. But um, yeah. And then I did acupuncture once, which had immediate relief, which is all about blood flow and stuff. And yeah. then um, yeah, the heating pad and walking is mm-hmm. also for, good mm-hmm. for blood flow. So yeah. Yeah. But also it could be, like could be something to do with endorphins as well. Mm-hmm. Like some people, like you get like a runner's high. Um, maybe you get like a yoga high as well. I don't know, <laughs> or a core muscle high, and you kind of get that that nice pain relief. Um, yeah, kind of the body's natural painkillers. Who knows what's going on in there? Um, but I'm interested again, as as what you were saying just before we go into the core core strength. Um, so you said that when you started walking at that point, it actually felt a little bit better to be flexed over, which as you say, mm-hmm. kind of isn't what it says how it should feel on, you know, yeah. but sometimes these things don't make sense. Um, I mean, I was dragging my leg, like one leg mm-hmm. was not bending. Like mm-hmm. I looked like a zombie walking. It's like, I, I was, uh, man, I hear from like, or even just reading stories and I'm just so grateful that I have done as well as I have. But mm-hmm. at the same time, I mean, I have come such a long way from like, I forget even like it's, it feels like yesterday, but also a, a lifetime away of just being like a <laughs> zombie walker. And, yeah. And that can't be good for you. No. But it's still better, I think, than just like doing nothing, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. I th- well, evidently, uh, it seems to have worked out. Was, were you dragging your leg because of the pain or was it actually weak sometimes? Yeah, I, I think it was half and half. Yeah. Like losing, like even my hamstrings, I feel like I can never stretch them out, which I've started doing in the last month. I've like, wow, I, cause like even listening to your podcast, I was like, 
nerve gliding. That was a thing. And I've been doing that like, you know, every day. And that's been, I, I don't it's hard to tell if it helps now with yeah. how much I'm doing, but uh, that's great too. I should have mentioned yeah. that in the video. That's like the one redaction or a uh, thing I wish I had added that. And I guess blood flow. And I, I had the uh, epidural like steroid injection. Yeah. I think I mentioned that. You did. But yeah, yeah. yeah. But didn't really do it for you, the, mm -hmm. the injection. Yeah. And that's like, from what I hear as well, quite hit and miss. And some people say, like, it took everything away, like on the day, um, mm -hmm. particularly like in the early stages um, is when we tend to give them in England anyway. Um, mm -hmm. If someone's like really in agony and it's just a few weeks old. Right. Um, but then some people, as you say, it's like, it wasn't worth it. It wasn't even worth mm -hmm. going in to try. Um, and so, as you say, you've, you've managed to kind of get walking, I think in November, um, picking up the walk-in. And you also mentioned that one of the really important things was getting your core muscles going again. Yeah. Um, so tell us a little bit about that process. Was that painful or did that feel good from the start? Yeah, I mean, most of what I was doing kept a neutral spine, which mm -hmm. I, I described it, I've heard it described a bunch of times as like, you know, I, I broke my arm once, it's my only other medical thing, and I had a cast. Or even when you scab, you're not supposed to pick your scab. So yeah. if you leave it alone, it'll eventually heal. But I think this kind of back stuff seems to take the longest of any injury that's healable. Like I, I would say I had chronic pain, but like I'm glad it's not really chronic. Like it's definitely mm. mostly gone now. But um, yeah, I think any kind of core, I've even started planking and doing a few more, but I still am afraid to, uh, I guess it's flexion versus um, bending or what is the flexion just bending forward yeah. yeah versus extension so extension is great and i feel like i did overdo it with like the press-ups um mm. but yeah those side planks the uh superman or bird dog and um i recognized the, the mcgill big three mm -hmm. uh, in there and a few others from the kind of the same toolbox um i have like uh a, a funny question which is related but and sometimes I, I wonder this so as a PT like um, for years now I've kind of been through PT school and kind of reading about what joints do what when you do stuff and like being really conscious of my own body like as well because that's kind of what I spend all day thinking about so mm -hmm. I feel like I know when my spine is in flexion when it's an extension and what right. it's doing and how it feels like a kind of a body awareness that I guess like yeah. also I'm like probably much more than me, but dancers and athletes would have. Mm -hmm. And sometimes like, I'm, I wonder um, that becomes really important when you have pain, right? Cause some yeah. positions feel good and some positions feel bad. And I think sometimes when I uh, speak to patients, if some patients, like if they had us have a sedentary job, you know, and they've, they haven't got that body awareness. It's not as easy for them to just work out what feels good and what feels bad mm -hmm. uh, or to know exactly what their spine is doing in any one position. Um, I don't, we haven't like talked about kind of your background. I don't know if you've been an athlete or anything, but was that like a process for you of working out or oh, well, actually neutral spine feels a bit better, you know, than, than this? Yeah, that, that took me, Oh, all of physical therapy. I feel like 
because I would do a lot of the same things. Um, I did it twice a week, so I would do a lot of the same things. And um, I feel like every time my therapist would look over me and like correct something or like just <laughs> she could just tell instantly. Yeah. And just like getting my hips to be like in because you don't want your, you know, getting your like lumbar lordosis, so, like keeping that kind of bent. Um, all of that was so foreign to me that plus just like um, I guess like I was saying earlier the weakness in my legs and my hips and my abs um, just not even having the power and wanting to push through it Uh, so that was crazy and I I still feel like a little bit um, insecure about doing things right or hurting myself but Mm -hmm. that's why it helped to have that second pair of eyes for sure Mm -hmm. so you feel like you've got more of an awareness of what your spine's doing and that presumably knocks on to having more control over your symptoms right definitely that was like so so huge for me and even now um i was like watching some of those like yoga videos i used to watch back in the fall and she mentioned like make sure your uh, tailbone doesn't tuck or like keep your uh, keep that bend in your lower back and she was saying like oh it often bends when you do this and mine was like i've trained it so much to always be in neutral that it's almost like (laughs) unthinkable like when i lay down there's always that like lordosis, like my tailbone is yeah. always touching the floor, which I guess isn't normal. I, f- I forget even life before it. Cause I just wouldn't think about it, which I, I think people should, uh, that's a better life to like <laughs> and, and just plop down wherever, yeah, yeah. or obviously it's good to be healthy, but yeah. now I can't, you know, I'm like so in tune with my body and so sensitive and like literally like I had some pain this week and I was like, yep, I sat a little too long or I didn't get up and walk. Mm-hmm. And I, I can like instantly kind of know more or yeah. less. Yeah. And as you say, like Kate was talking about that in her podcast of working out the pain triggers mm-hmm. and being quite good at that, which again is something that doesn't come naturally at all. Like you'd think it would, but it, it takes a while to kind of get your head in that. In that. Well, especially when it's like the back impacting some other part of your body, like you're feeling pain. <laughs> like I, I now feel pain in my lower back, which apparently it's like a, a, it eventually goes from your foot back into your lower back or like, I don't know. I think it's different for everybody because mine has been all over the place. But um, anyway, yeah, I think that's huge. And that's why it's so hard with most people to like, you know, even visualize what's going on or think about. There's a moment in the video where um, you're showing how you brush your teeth. (laughs) And I think you're going to bend down for something. I can't remember what it is. You know, you're going to demonstrate, you were going to just demonstrate bending um, Mm -hmm. as almost like what not to do, but you didn't even want to demonstrate it in the moment. You're like, I'm so, I think you said aversive to doing it. Yeah. Yeah. And I was wondering, like, do you have any plans? Like, is this working for you, this strategy? Or do you think, well, maybe in a few years, if things are going well or a few months or whatever, you might try and get that bending back and just see what happens. What's your perspective on that? Yeah, it's interesting. Um, I actually heard recently, my girlfriend was telling me that her boss, who's a doctor, um, recently, not recently, but had some kind of back seminar. And the person was saying, you know, everybody should bend down with their knees to pick stuff up and not bend over with your back to pick something up. And she demonstrated by asking some random kid from the audience to demonstrate just randomly, hey, how would you pick this up? And they instantly like squatted and bend it down Mm. and did it with good posture. So her point was like adults have just like gotten lazy yeah. and went for the easy way out. And yeah, I think with stuff like that, it's a, it's muscle memory at this point, but B I just like, couldn't see myself. If, if it weren't for my height, I would probably be a little more lenient. 
but um, I'm so prone to, to any kind of back issue that the other thing that hurts me is like, so you, you mentioned my sports background questioning that I did karate and jujitsu from like age 10 to like college. And since college, you know, I'll just random stuff, nothing like serious or intense, but um, I love like hiking and I don't know, like doing just fun things like roller coasters. And I definitely like adrenaline. So mm. it kind of sucks that I probably won't skydive. I probably won't. Um, mm. I don't even know. I mean, I love roller coasters. I might make an exception, but there, you know, there's certain <laughs> things that are like, like snowboarding or like skateboarding yeah. or anything like that. Like I, I would never risk a yeah. back thing, yeah. which sucks because like, I want to live life, but I feel like yeah. I can still enjoy it and be, you know, more cautious. But yeah. Yeah. It's such a hard thing is like, and, and just briefly, you said in the video, which I think is about a month or two old, your symptoms, like you get 5% of the day you're in pain or you get some pain, but otherwise you're doing quite well. Is that right? Yeah, it's, it's really interesting you caught me because I just started a new job this week and it's in the office again. And I've been really comfortable at home. I've had my routine and everything kind of set up perfectly for my environment so I'm having to request a standing desk and a better mm-hmm. chair and bring in a cushion and um, take some walking breaks, which is fine, but it's, it's an added level of stress to like mm-hmm. transitioning. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's been difficult. And I noticed last night I had, I think pain for the, maybe not the first time, but for the longest time in my leg again. And it wasn't really pain. It was like stiffness or like tightness. It's such a hard thing to explain, but it wasn't that pins and needles, like yeah. Um, yeah. numb, like sharp like I always feel like a stabbing kind of flare up kind of thing. It's nothing like that again, mm. but I notice how much my back and <laughs> I was even, I was even sitting with my like arm to push out my lumbar. It's, it's idiotic. It would hurt my arm, but you know, I'm just always doing things like that. So yeah, um, yeah I guess just like. And it's hard to know but... <sighs> when you're in your position and like touch wood, it'll continue to get better. And, you know, it's hard to know from my point of view, what to advise people. Cause yeah. as you say, it's, it's up to your personal level of risk tolerance. Like I remember having a, a conversation, quite a long conversation with someone before and he loved riding horses. He was a, a farmer. So it's just like part of his life to do this stuff. Mm-hmm. And like in the end, he decided he would start riding again um, and start kind of, increasing his level of manual work, you know, allowing his back to kind of bend. But um, I can't say to him, oh, if you do this, you have a 20% chance. Is that, you know, I can't like put a number on it because like the data isn't really there. Like we don't have enough research for me to be able to do that. Yeah. So, um, but I don't want to like just put it on the patient and just say, oh, you you decide it's your call. So it's quite a hard conversation to have. as to how much you can kind of let up, like, could you go skydiving? Like, I'd probably say, give it a give it a go. No, I'd probably say, like, I would put a bit of money on you being fine, but that doesn't mean it's worth the risk for you, right? Like, it's yeah. going to be a different thing. Yeah. Um, that's a really tough... Did you talk to your um, uh, physical therapist about that, or are you kind of working that out yourself? Um. I was actually trying to follow up with her. I, I talked to her in April. She gave me a call to see how things were doing. And that meant a lot because that was like my hardest week. So that was like a nice, mm-hmm. nice moment. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely up to me. Um, 
yeah and like running is another kind of thing that I I miss doing but I don't know I just I feel like I can definitely replace a lot of those things mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. which is kind of sad but yeah I mean I think it yeah I'm kind of independent like I have a lot of perseverance I guess my personality so yeah 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 and that's the other aspect isn't it like if you can replace that thing with something that's equally as good or mm-hmm. just about as good to you then maybe it isn't worth the risk yeah um yeah, it's just an interesting topic because, you know, especially with Kate, with her podcast, she mm-hmm. wanted to get back to everything. Like she wasn't. Right, right. Gonna, um, yeah. A lot of athletes do recover. Like yeah. I think my, my doctor had seen players um, uh, from the Eagles football team. And I've heard of all sorts of like football players and like other mm-hmm. kind of athletes recovering from like disc issues. So yeah, yeah it, it's totally possible. It's I think it's really mental and that's like the holistic side that I was mentioning. Partly I made the video to be like, you know, there's great videos for like doctors explaining the science. There's great videos from physical therapists explaining um, stretches. There's great videos, just people telling their stories, but I wanted to get everything in there. And um, with like the horse riding thing, I think that would probably (laughs) make him happier and like almost like have the will to live, which is way more important than having just like a life where you're just like a robot trying yeah. to like you said have like the straight back and yeah walk and not do anything yeah i mean the thing that really complicates it um is that there's different schools of thought so some people say that actually you know just as you know you meant in the video you had the analogy of i think a broken arm mm-hmm. just as if you kept your arm straight your whole life that's probably bad for your arm some people say actually the back does need to move a bit yeah. um which obviously you are doing quite a lot with your, with the yoga, like a lot mm-hmm. of that is spinal flexion and extension. Yeah. Um, so in a controlled way, you are getting that movement. Um, but then some people would say the more, the better, like there are completely opposing camps out there. Hmm. Um, and it's a very, it's a difficult issue, but as you say, like you just got to do what, what works best for you. Yeah. I avoided flexion for the longest time and I feel like I'm too adverse to it. Cause I remember my physical therapist at one point was like, you need to have a little bit of flexion. So we did like the cat, um, cat camel or cat cow, like just a little bit. And she had a few other exercises. One was with like a uh, exercise ball to like stabilize and neutralize it. So it wouldn't be like super, but um, I think that's big to not lose that motion and muscle memory. Um, But I've also heard it like every time you have back flexion, you're pushing the disc more. So I think it really depends on what stage in the recovery you're at or like your own body. Yeah. Which is, you say, you know, your symptoms and you know, your body and like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I wanted to touch on, and this is like a really interesting aspect of your, your video was, um, it was kind of, you mentioned it, you dropped it in a few times. So it was a section on mental health at the mm-hmm. beginning. And then you mentioned a few times, um, just having the love of your family around, yeah. um, to help you out. And you called it like an endorphin boost at one mm-hmm. point. Like I thought oh, yeah. it was so great to, um, such a great way to put it. Cause, um, yeah, I mean, would you mind just telling us a little bit more about that and like how that played a role in your recovery? Yeah, it, it's huge. And even now I was talking to my friend about this today cause, um, he's kind of been in lockdown and same thing for me. Like I've, I've gone home a few times since like lockdown, but I'm mostly living alone, which I've done better than I thought I would because like previously I've had like roommates and lived at home. So I've always kind of been in company. I'm one of those kind of people who just like loves having people around him, but I don't know. I feel like I've done a lot and 
done pretty well and learned a lot about myself. But um, there was a few, like two days in October when I visited my family, and I think my girlfriend and her family, and I had almost no pain both of those times. And it, it blew my mind and it was almost a too good to be true feeling. And then of course it didn't last, but yeah, yeah. I don't, I can't, I still can't explain what happened those times. Cause I drove even like I didn't have good posture those days. But um, even nowadays, I just think like, I guess it's oxytocin. Cause like I've, I've heard it said that like when you're doing like zoom or something like that, while it's still social, you're not getting the oxytocin from actually being with a yeah. person in real life. So yeah, I mean, it's so hard with 2020 has been, definitely the most challenging year of my life. But um, I, th- I think as much as you can safely to try and get some sort of community or like people in your life. Cause the other aspect of that um, talking about like early on trying to meet people and happy hours and stuff like people that don't even know you aren't going to like be as okay with like sitting or not, you know, yeah. doing like a hike or something more extreme like there were like intramurals and like I wanted to play sports with people, but you know, there's so many things I had to say no to, but your family and your friends can just like sit in with a night or like take a break. So that's like, I think the biggest thing is to have people that make you feel like totally fine and like do stuff for you because you should be selfish when you're recovering. You shouldn't be like yeah. giving too much. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think I was so pleased that that was in there because it's like, that's been my impression as well is that how important that is for for people's recovery and i think it's like to my understanding in the in the scientific literature as well it's quite well supported like it's not a myth or an illusion like that's um i can't pretend to know the exact mechanisms of how it works but people who have people around them supporting them and giving them love they get seem to get better and don't fall mm-hmm. into that chronic pain trap as well um there's it's reminding me of um there's a a famous um i guess like pain scientist um his name's Lorimer mosley mm-hmm. um i was reading a blog by a patient she has hip pain and she was saying about how she was kind of treated by him um mm-hmm. so he's like he's pain scientist he's got papers in all the big journals and stuff and one of the like key messages he gave her was uh it sounds so corny, like it's, it's, it's not the kind of language I would use, but he said, uh, remember to uh, love and be loved in return. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of, yeah. it sounds unexpected for that to come from someone who's um, kind of a lab scientist, mm-hmm. um, but that was also the conclusion that he reached from his research on pain as like what an important role that yeah. has as well. So I was glad to see that in your, in your video too. Um, that's why it's such, it's so comprehensive, like all the stuff about, you know, changing your symptoms with your changing your posture and just even down to changing your shoes and things, but also the, the psychological, is the right word? I don't know the psychological yeah. side of things. Yeah. yeah. I think another aspect of that is like helping somebody and having a purpose and like some jobs are just like you're in and out and you're just like a zombie doing your thing. Um, but some jobs are really fulfilling and require like servitude and stuff like that. But like one thing huge I did like two weeks ago was actually serve and like deliver food to uh, really poor areas around me. And uh, with like the food shortage and stuff, and I'm in one of the poorest cities, which is kind of crazy that like, you know, I have all these struggles, but like it makes me kind of grateful to still be able to work and like not totally lose my back. So I'm trying to give back. And I think this is also, I don't know if it's like, if there's like, I'm sure there's studies on it, 
But um, I've just heard it so many times that when you give, you feel a lot better for helping somebody out. And it, mm -hmm. even if you're in a low place, if you help somebody else out, it'll like make you feel better. So it's like a selfish, but also selfless at the same yeah. time. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I'm pleased to hear that you feel like you're doing well. I mean, let's see, how do you feel like, um, if we take a break for a second, um, we kind of jump straight in there. I'm checking kind of my notes that I made from your video. Yeah. Yes, I, ram like I, I ramble a lot, so I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Ramblers make the best podcasters. Yeah. I think I got about halfway through, uh, not because I had to stop listening, but just because um, I was busy today. You're yeah. one about Ken the Kendrick Lamar album. Oh my gosh, um, yeah. Which uh, is an interesting reflection. I haven't listened to that for a couple of years either. Um, yeah, he was spotted today, like filming a music video, and oh, yeah? I, I was—I'm pr pretty sure that's confirmed. So I'm because it's every three years. So I'm like, <laughs> I'm so excited if that's real. <laughs> yeah, thanks for checking those out. I mean, that's just like a passion project kind of fun thing. Yeah. Well, honestly, like if I'm honest, I didn't recognize any of the stuff you were talking about except that. <laughs> oh yeah, like, I mean, I'm, I'm like, like Gen Z, but also millennial. <laughs> but like, yeah, it's like the most niche thing. So it's really just like a way to express myself. <laughs> <laughs> um but uh just to kind of have a look at the notes i was interested as well although i think you, you covered it briefly and there's maybe not that much more to say about it was the meds the medication because yeah. that's such a sticky area because like it is from from my point of view i'm supposed to practice like from evidence like there's supposed to be scientific evidence to back stuff up but mm -hmm. there's like no scientific evidence to back up any medications for sciatica. And yet mm -hmm. so many people like you say they do work. Um, it's just uh, seems to be really hit and miss what works for whom. Um, yeah. But you said the oral steroids helped. Yeah, I had, there were like three or four things. So the oral steroids were very similar to the epidural where I think it helped, but it wasn't enough to like do it again or to stick with it. I felt like it was just like almost like a little espresso shot and then it kind of died or maybe cause it's hard. I was doing so much more. I was starting to walk and like starting to stretch at that time. So it's hard to like really know what was what. Yeah. But um, the biggest thing was the anti-inflammatories like, so it's Aleve or naproxen, I guess is the most common, mm -hmm. but um, those were like my, I almost like needed them and I never like became addicted or anything. Like I quit in 2020. I was like, okay, I'm going to just come off them. Cause I heard a lot of people talking about, well, if you rely on them, you could hurt yourself because if you have like pain reduction, you, your body wouldn't be able to tell you, Hey, don't do this or Hey, Hey, stop now. And mm -hmm. I do think that would have helped me if I had known better. But at the same time, I guess this is like the most classic plan and it kind of goes back to like building up the core muscles. So I guess, would you prescribe like for correct me if I'm wrong, but like the common treatment is like, if you're being conservative, maybe take some anti-inflammatories and, maybe take an epidural or maybe, or, you know, get an epidural shot or maybe, and um, maybe something else, but get it so that it's not like yelling at you. You can move your body and then start to do core building things so that it can support your lumbar and your discs to heal over time, basically. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's different, again, different schools of thought. I think I like 80, 90% I'm kind of aligned with what you're saying. Um, there are, I wonder if you, can you hear those cicadas? Oh yeah. <laughs> I got them all the time at Animal Crossing. <laughs> um, there's, um, 
different schools of thought. Like some people um, say that they're against painkillers because, as you said, they have certain side effects. Mm-hmm. Um, naproxen can be bad for your gastrointestinal system and so yeah. on. Um, and they say that it's a form of like avoidance. Mm-hmm. Um, so if people become like reliant on the painkillers, like, oh, I have to take my painkillers before I do my exercises, mm-hmm. then it becomes like a crutch, you know? Yeah. Um, and then I have like sympathy for that, especially if someone has like a chronic condition is obviously not going away. Um, but I think you can go too far. Um, and especially considering how like we haven't actually talked about your symptoms, we kind of jumped over that. But mm-hmm. considering how brutally painful sciatica can be sometimes, yeah. I'm very much in favor of trying to relieve the pain wherever you can. Um, yeah. And yeah, injections, like I wish there was a clear way of doing it. Like it seems to be whichever, if you go to different clinics, I'll have different ways of doing it. Different doctors mm-hmm. will have different preferences. Yeah. There's not like clear evidence or guidance on the best thing to do in England at the moment. Um, everything just has this different kind of politics behind it and different levels of evidence required. So in England, a lot of stuff is getting shut down like this. Mm, um, uh, Fewer and fewer medications are approved. Uh, Injections are only approved for particularly acute cases. And even then many services aren't actually set up to provide them um, in a timely fashion. Um, So it is kind of one of my anxieties is that we don't um, relieve pain effectively enough we because yeah. you said like right, right at the beginning of the conversation this condition does get better for most people mm-hmm. um if people do everything right like you did um or most things right you know it's yeah. obviously trial and error it probably gets better quickly and you you know stay on top of it for longer and you're putting yourself in the right position yeah. um and some people are just unlucky and they do everything mm-hmm. right and it doesn't get better but on the whole like the graft trends in a reasonably nice direction mm-hmm. so it's easy to say like well why are we giving these people injections when they're going to get better anyway yeah but i think that kind of misses out on a lot of the actual suffering <laughs> that goes on um yeah. i think the it's interesting like what you said about kind of getting the pain levels down so that you can then engage in exercise and mm-hmm. you know just getting back to getting back to life you know how does it feel when i do this am i able to go back to work can i sit for 20 minutes or is it 10 yeah i'm i'm not sure like about the course to like core muscle control um strength because um i think um i've spoken to people who that's kind of backfired for them Mm. um this is always like the the story is that there's the thing that works for most people but then sometimes it doesn't work for everyone and they end up in a, a bit of a, a bad situation because of that. Mm-hmm. So for example, there's a um, lady called Tina who I speak to sometimes and she's also had, has ridiculous pain sciatica. Um, but unfortunately hers has become chronic. So she's had it for mm-hmm. a number of years now. Um, and again, despite kind of doing everything right, doing the air quotes. And one of the things that she reflects on is that she did her core exercises like religiously and really diligently, but they weren't actually helping her personally. Mm -hmm. Um, And in the end, I think 
she found something different for her, which is a bit more kind of bendy and, and it seemed to work better for her. Um, but again, that just goes back to what I said at the beginning of one of those things I really liked about your video is you kept kind of saying, this is what worked for me. And you've got to try it yourself like that at the end of the day, like the, the, the lesson from your video was it's kind of that problem solving trial and error, do the research, apply it, and then kind of loop back. And, yeah. you know, um, so anyway, it's a bit of a ramble, but no, yeah, that was my life kind for of like 90% aligned on, on that perspective. Yeah. And no, that's totally how I agree too. That's just like, I've heard that from quite a few people I've seen along my journey of, so I guess that's like the typical, like first, Hey, if you're like in this situation, this is what we, this is our plan. But then if it, you know, if mm -hmm. something doesn't work, like obviously let's change directions. So, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah, which I did a few times. Like I literally, like I said, in April to May, I don't think I did any stretches, maybe a little bit of core, but I really just walked and I don't know. I had a lot of results from that, but who knows if it was time. I think time, it's so hard to say, but I kind of have an inkling that time is kind of one of the biggest healers. Yeah. Yeah. Again, like so many of the conversations end up with everyone saying it's so hard to say, but it is so yeah. hard to say like, uh, I wish we could have um, like set off an, another, you know, another drew in another universe and yeah. told him to continue, you know, just sitting down and not doing anything and see what happens. Mm. But oh, like, um, uh, I think, yeah. Anyway, who knows? Who knows? Mm. Um, yeah. yeah. Anyway. How, how do you feel like um, the conversation's gone? Do you think we've like, I didn't want to just recap everything in the video because people right. can just watch the video, but right. do you feel like we've picked up on some of the more like salient things and explored them a bit? Yeah. Yeah. I feel good. Um, I don't think there's anything in my mind that I wanted to go back to maybe like a few, but there were a few things I was keeping in mind that I did bring back up. So I think, I think I'm good on. Yeah. yeah. And it's obviously that, you know, I kind of contacted you randomly to come on my podcast. So I get to right. ask, ask the questions. But yeah. <laughs> is there anything like you wanted to ask me or anything you feel like that came up where you were interested in what I, what my perspective was or. I guess like, I don't know, like McGill specifically, cause I, I that's brought up constantly on the subreddit for Zydeca. It's like, it's yeah. thrown around like if, if somebody <laughs> has a problem, they're like invalidated. Yeah. Like, well, have you tried McGill's? Have you read the yeah, book? Yeah. Have you done the three? And like now come back to me in a month. So yeah. that kind of annoys me, honestly, even though I got a lot out of the book and I have shared the book with a few people that have um, had other back issues, like even like scoliosis and it covers a lot of things in that book. But I don't know, I guess your opinion on like that yeah. kind of. <laughs> well, that's one of my favorite things about Reddit is that like these little communities form over time mm -hmm. and they give you like, the best, what's the best, the best kind of mainstream wisdom on any topic. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So often I'll just go to Reddit to see what they have to say about, you know, how, how I should, you know, fix the hole in my t-shirt or something. And yeah. like someone, there'll be like a whole community for it and there'll be the book that I have to read else I'll never be able to fix the hole in my t-shirt. But, um, and yeah, like, so I, I was actually surprised to see it there because, um, I don't know. I think especially from being from England, like um, McGill, I'm aware of that, but it's not made it over the Atlantic quite as well. Mm -hmm. Like people know about McGill, but it's not in universities, for example, like yeah. we wouldn't get trained at that at work. 
we'd probably get Mackenzie has made its way from Australia a bit better. So there's a bit more Mackenzie mm. stuff going on. Um, but it could be any number of people's books, to be honest, because mm-hmm. like, I don't know if you've had a glimpse into this, but it's quite a, I wouldn't say like fractured, but there's lots of different camps and schools of thought and mm-hmm. different gurus and stuff in PT. Um, like the actual circles that I run in, um, McGill's a little bit frowned upon. Um, not for good reason. It's just like, well, for some okay reasons, but just because people get, you know, you get the in group and there's the out group and the people who we don't like and the people who, who we like. Yeah. Um, so it was kind of a, like, um, surprised to see McGill's book there. Um, but not with, honestly, not with any sense of prejudice, just like, oh, mm-hmm. McGill's made it onto Reddit. Reddit's a McGill place. And actually, like, it reminded me to, to read it. So I haven't read The Back Mechanic, um, but he has a textbook, like, aimed at clinicians, which I'm kind of mm-hmm. about you to You like, certified, which I, yeah. I felt a little bit... Yeah, everything's about money or, like, about... Yeah, but... Oh, he's the McGill master practitioners. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've, I read, like, a ton of his stuff now, and mm-hmm. it's really good. Like, it's so yeah. good. It's just those tiny little issues that become um, like hot points. Like, mm-hmm. oh, those McGill's three exercises are wrong. We should be doing the McKenzie exercises. And people get really worked up about that. But as you say, like, they're all just tools for, and yeah. some will work in certain situations. Yeah, that's so um, true. But he's an amazing guy. Like, his, mm. some of his research is just so interesting. Um, so many pig spines. Uh, <laughs> yeah sometimes uh, i'm like you said like multiple drews sometimes i wonder if like i want to be in studies like especially with going through this experience i'm like i could offer a lot but like i just i know how how hard it is i guess well i don't really know but i kind of know how hard it is to like run an experiment and like the whole you know scholarly system and like getting everybody involved but i just wish there was more facts out there i guess because you keep mentioning like yeah, I can like intuit this, but it's not like a hard fact, which I just wish there was more out there, I guess, for this kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. And I think like it's coming, but I don't know. I don't want to get too into the weeds, but it's like to get the most um, reliable knowledge, as as you know, like you need a randomized controlled trial, but then mm-hmm. randomized controlled trials often so controlled that they answer quite a limited question. Yeah. And it's easy to kind of, say, well, that doesn't quite apply to my own situation. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, as you, as you know as well, um, there's all sorts of problems at the moment with science kind of not replicating and being based mm-hmm. on questionable statistics. Um, so, yeah, it's, it, it's interesting, like, from someone like me, what am I supposed to base my knowledge on? Like, I, I wish, sometimes I look enviously at certain other disciplines and like which have a much more scientific background stuff that's more objective like pain is such a subjective experience yeah um i don't know if you've been asked what your pain score is out of 10 but like what does that even mean yeah Uh, i get why people ask it i ask it Mm -hmm. too but it's so hard to answer Mm -hmm. um so this off this is why like i'm trying to just speak to people outside of the clinical situation um to kind of get get your get your thoughts because i don't know i consider this research as well uh, yeah just speaking to someone like you that's really um, cool was there anything else like 
that you kind of you've got your ask me anything physical therapist uh, situation or um do you feel like uh feel like you've asked me everything you want there hmm yeah it's a good now now i'm really now the gears are really good <laughs> i put myself on the spot as well i don't know if i maybe we should reverse um, the reverse the um position yeah time. i can come on your podcast <laughs> yeah i mean i well, I guess the other thing with McGill like really goes against surgery. And that was like an interesting part in my experience was like deciding whether to look into that or whether to do it. Mm-hmm. I guess a microdisectomy, which I guess that's the most common. Um, but yeah, I just like, I've, I think my, the PA to my um, orthopedic, yeah, PA to my orthopedic said um, it's probably going to end up with the same results five years down the line. Like people that get surgery are better quicker but if you just keep doing it how you've been doing it conservatively you know in two three four years you'll be in the same place as them Mm -hmm. and you won't have you know issues down the line because like back surgery can lead to other back issues or some people don't even get their uh, pain fixed at all so i don't know i guess do you have any knowledge on that I think I, I agree, like even one year down the line, I think mm-hmm. my understanding of the data is that people end up in the same position. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, going back to what I said about, I'm really pro pain relief. Um, you know, mm-hmm. pain is suffering and that's our job is to try and alleviate that. If someone's suffering desperately, um, then I think surgery is like, um, it's great that we have that option. Um, you know, because it goes back to that thing it's easy to say oh well everyone's going to be in the same position in one year but that one year could mean you know six or seven months of extra suffering that the surgery could have saved yeah so i'm like by no means kind of anti-surgery um which is i know like a trap that a lot of kind of non-surgeons fall into um but I think, in my opinion, only in the quite early stages um, is, I wouldn't say exclusively, but is when it's most appropriate. Um, And again, that sort of fits with the data, which is like the longer you leave it before you get surgery, the the worse the outcomes are because it stops stops being like an easy thing, easy. To remove. It's easy, but a simple thing to remove and becomes a bit more complicated. That makes sense. Um, So especially in the early stages and especially when people have really disabling pain that's stopping them from working or sleeping like mm-hmm. that's when surgery is appropriate um and also of course when people have muscle weakness that is getting that is progressive so yeah because some people do end up with like permanent muscle um, yeah nervousness if someone's like a few months in and they're even slowly on the right track as i think you were I would probably counsel against the surgery because mm-hmm. as you say, you're just introducing like a new risk um, to something that's actually going in the right direction. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, mean, I think, which is, I think the situation you were in right at the time. Yeah, pretty much. Mm-hmm. And then I, I've heard, I remember, if I'm remembering the statistics, right? Like 60% of people or no, maybe it's more than that. Basically a majority of discs, go back in and heal and then mostly the rest there's a few that still have chronic pain but most of the rest are asymptomatic but i guess 
have you seen that? And also with that, like, are the asymptomatics ones, are they like healthy? Cause I worry about that yeah. personally of like, <laughs> yeah. even if I don't feel pain, I, I still, I don't want it to pop back up. I don't want to like yeah. lift something wrong and then be right back where I was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's weird. Like, as you say, so I think I say about the same statistic, two thirds, like 60% mm-hmm. discs, um, go away somewhere. I don't think we don't quite know where. I think the most likely candidate is that the body kind of comes and mops them up like your immune system yeah. and clears them up. Or they might get sucked back into the disc as like a vacuum type yeah. mechanism um, is the other candidate. Um, and But as you say, that's actually the data that I'm trying to work out at the moment. There's just hundreds of papers that I'm trying to get my head around. Mm-hmm it's quite clear that discs resorb, they go back um, or go back somewhere. So they're not on the MRI anymore. And it's quite clear that that's common. What's less clear is how much that relates to symptoms. So some studies will find that as the, as the disc recedes, your symptoms improve and those two things correlate. And some studies will find that there's no correlation. So as you say, mm-hmm. like it, there's just there's nothing there in the data to suggest that it even matters. There's other factors going on. Um, and as you say, some people, their pain can resolve and a year, but a year later the pain's gone, but they still have like a big disc herniation on their MRI. Um, and, um, so it's that kind of slightly weird, um, weird situation. What it tells us like is that the disc is only part of the story, right? So the disc sets off this inflammatory reaction um, and the nerve becomes pissed off and really, really sensitive. Um, But the nerve itself can calm down and adapt and get better and healthier, whether or not the disc goes away, the disc can stay there. Yeah. Um, So it's kind of like, I don't, sometimes I don't know how much to read into this kind of disc resorption disc receding thing because mm-hmm. it's really interesting and weird that it happens and when you first hear about it it sounds very encouraging but it doesn't yeah. seem to actually matter that much like mm. it's almost like i don't know maybe to use the scar analogy you could almost just think of a disc that's herniated as like a scar it can kind of mm. um become less angry less pissed off less inflammatory mm-hmm. there's still disc material there as well as um, essentially scar tissue as well that forms around it. Yeah. And so there's something there on MRI, but it's like dead. It's like a tombstone of what happened. Wow. You know, it's like a, That's encouraging to hear because I've yeah. never heard it explained. I've just heard that brief statistic. And then I guess like while I have you, is there anything, because I guess my symptoms, I feel like I still have some nerve healing to do because I just feel some kind of stuff going on, whether it's tightness or uh, like just like weird stuff going on in my ankle, especially. But like, I also have quite a bit of tightness in my lower back and like, I'm starting to feel again there, which is amazing. And I mean, mostly I'm good. Um, Sometimes when I'm, I guess the other big thing is my legs, my hamstrings especially are just like, like I said, I can never stretch them out. And I feel like I'm trying to do that, but I don't know if that's good or bad, but I guess like, what would you recommend for me in any way? Like, should I see somebody else or follow up with somebody or like, any other kind of alterations you could think of that'd be good. Mm. I mean, do you feel like, you know, you mentioned this kind of 
linear improvement with some kind of jumps. Do you think mm. you've plateaued? Like, is this just kind of you now? Or do you still feel like week on week, month on month, you're heading in the right direction? Um, I think I'm still going. I mean, I, I feel definitely plateaued, but that's because I mostly don't have pain. So I think that's good. So, but I think that's fine. And I think over time, because my physical therapist explained that like every inch of the nerve takes, I think a month to heal or something like that. Mm -hmm. So I think I lost a lot of ground, especially early mm -hmm. on when I was like doing the wrong things to recover and heal. Cause I think early on for about, and I think I remember early on over a month, I just had pain in my like butt and hip, but it eventually got all the way down over time. So I think that just, mm -hmm. like you said, the scar mm -hmm. tissue, whether it's that or whether it's nerve or whether it's uh, muscles re learning how to fire. Yeah. 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 I think, um, and although obviously just to clarify, as you mentioned the video, the fact that you have the pain in your ankle, you know, doesn't mean that the nerve in your ankle itself is damaged. I think probably the nerve uh, injury would be quite localized to your spine. Although sometimes the nerves can become a little bit less healthy down in the foot as well. Right. Um, but I think it's hard to say like what causes that lingering sensitivity. Um, as you say, the, the healing does take a long time as nerves heal a little bit more slowly. Um, but the other side of the coin there is that, you know, your nerve hasn't been severed, right? It's not, it's right. not been, we've, we've got like the MRI, which we saw on the, on the YouTube video mm -hmm. where it looks like there's a, not a massive disc herniation, but there's something happening with the disc. Um, and, um, you know, we know that it's been bothered. It's been pissed off. It's probably been squashed and pinned in a way that's made it irritable and sensitive, but it's not been massively severed or cut in the sense that like you've had like an industrial accident or something. So yeah. I don't think we should be like that pessimistic um, to think that the nerve needs years and years and years to heal. Like, I don't think, I hope it's not going to take a long time. Yeah. What r does take a long time often with these things is the sensitivity, which is different. Um, so best to explain this once something has been like injured, you know, whether it's nerve muscle joint, once it's been injured, um, your kind of pain system becomes really on edge for future, um, things that might injure it. So mm -hmm. you might say that your pain threshold for that nerve becomes a bit lower, mm -hmm. um, which is like an evolutionary adaptation, right? So if you kind of, if you've hurt your shoulder, you know, um, then you actually want to feel pain a bit more easily in that shoulder just to kind of make you a bit more careful with it. Mm -hmm. um, gotcha. And you always feel um, more pain than you, than you need to. Um, mm -hmm. so you, you don't want to miss anything. Right. Um, so after a kind of injury to the nerve, it, even after it's, um, healed, it can still be really, really sensitive. Mm -hmm. Um, an example that I've been using lately is what was in the one in Kate's podcast, which was kind of the opposite of what you said when you went to see your family and for some reason it felt really, really good. 
Oh, I had what she had too, actually, just mm. being out of my routine. Mm-hmm. I, I found that I was walking worse and I was like a little more sore. And that was when I was there for like a month. Mm-hmm. So that was like different where I was like not in the same bed. So I think there was an element I related to her mm-hmm. when she said that too. And I think the best, because when I think you hear the story like Kate's or like you're saying there, obviously the nerve is not being injured again, right? It's just become, it's, it's pre-sensitized to even the slightest bit of botherment, whether it's circulating stress hormones or whether it's sitting in the wrong chair that it's not used to. Yeah. Um, so I wonder how much of this kind of lingering tension and sensitivity in the, that you feel in your nerve is left to heal or, and how much of it is just your body still protecting you because it knows something mm-hmm. bad has happened in the past. And it's still giving you that reminder, you know, that something bad happened. Yeah. And does that, that just sense. take time um, and continuing to be kind to yourself and giving yourself all those happy hormones yeah. and plenty of sleep and all that stuff? Yeah, I worry about that versus like, should I go on a run? Should I like, I- I'm starting the exercise bike after I think Kate mentioned, because mm. I've had some good and bad with that over the year. I did it early on, it was good and then it was bad. So I did it, I think a week ago. And it was like pretty good. And I plan mm. to do it like this weekend once. But um, yeah, so I think just that's my plan is to just like reintroduce and start to like up and up it. Because if you're saying it's true with the lingering thing, it probably would be good to like push myself a little bit to get used to more movement and more motion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Kate, like just being Kate, who <laughs> was is so diligent and uh, uh, I'm not saying extreme about that, but she's so driven to do that because Mm -hmm. she needs to do triathlon. So that's just her. Yeah. Um, And she had great success with it, which is fantastic. Mm -hmm. I know people who, for whatever reason, it doesn't work. Like their bodies are not wired to unfortunately do that. And that's when you end up in a bit of a chronic pain cycle. Mm -hmm. Um, But as you say, and it's kind of like the message, one of the messages of your video, it's something maybe you, you could try and just see how it gets on. Um, how does five minutes feel? How does six minutes feel? Um, and maybe that might actually help that lingering sensitivity that you have just to kind of say to the no, no, this is okay. Actually, we can do this. I haven't done it for a couple of years or it would be about a, not, a year not that so, long, yeah. right? About a year. Yeah. Um, yeah. I would, I'd be confident that maybe you can start to push that pain mm-hmm. sensitivity threshold up a bit. Yeah. Um, and if anyone can do it, you can, that's for sure. Yeah, appreciate yeah. it. That's nice. Yeah. Yeah, I miss like, I don't know if you know about jiu-jitsu too much, but that's like the most movement possible. It's like mm-hmm. a mix of like wrestling and, well, it's described as like chess, but I mean, you're like, you're like as close as bodies can be like wrestling and like pinning yeah. and choking and sweeping. Like there's, you start standing. So I used to do that. I like competed. That's how I broke my arm actually. So I haven't done it since then. Well, I did yeah. it like a few yeah. times, but like, that's like the most healthy kind of every Cause I would be sore in the weirdest spots. So <laughs> I do miss that. But like, I would, that's another kind of example of like skydiving. Like I would never do jujitsu again. Cause yeah, like yeah. the, the two scars, like with the spine and the arm, I just, I know something would go wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I loved it, but yeah, absolutely. Hey, Drew, should we leave it there? Yeah. That's, that's that sounds good to me. Uh, I really appreciate your time. I hope I answered your questions. Okay. I rambled oh, a bit, totally. but, um, we can always talk again um, if you want. Uh, yeah. It was really good to meet you. Yeah, you too. It was a great perspective. And I, I love doing this kind of thing. Just, again, if there's like one person I can help or just 
yeah to educate yeah i love it yeah and i look forward to the book and podcast to keep learning <laughs> yeah i've told people about it now so i have to do it that was my main like they call it pre-commitment yeah to get it done. i've used that strategy it's, it really does work <laughs> yeah so thanks very much as i say i'll, I'll put probably put the podcast out tonight actually oh cool um and um well you know people know about it and what happens with these things usually is they get given to um patients so someone will think oh my patient's a bit like drew and then they'll Mm. kind of suggest to listen to that so absolute pleasure like it's fantastic what you've done with your video um i learned a huge amount from that and from talking to you um so yeah just very grateful thanks so much for your time yeah cool thank you